Hello there and welcome to the Every Ounce Podcast. Here we talk all things mental health, wellness, and resilience. I'm your host Lexi and I am determined to bring you a one-stop shop for all things related to mental might. Join us for talks about naps and fruit snacks to the most real and raw conversations of life. This is where you will find community, validation, and most importantly, strength. Hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, once again, I have someone near and dear to my heart. Sophie Baker is the former Miss Northern Utah of 2019, has qualified to compete at the International DECA Conference, and is empowered about women's rights. Sophie is someone that I had the opportunity to personally survive high school with, and I'm literally so honored to have her here with us today, and I'm honestly just so happy to see you. Welcome, Sophie. Thank you so much for that warm introduction, Lexi. I am so glad that we've been able to keep in touch since high school. I actually met Lexi junior year in our physics class, and she did really well, and I definitely did not. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I didn't pass the AP test. I don't know if you know Um, that. Well, I kind of dropped out at semester because it was so bad. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. We're still friends. It's all good. We're good. We're good. We survived, and we learned, and we moved on. Seriously. (laughs) Anyways, I am so honored that you invited me to be on your podcast today, so thank you so much. You're so welcome. I I am literally just stoked to have you. I thought when I was thinking through guests, I was like, okay, so this person and this person, and like, I'll go through my followers and see who I want to see if they'll join me, and I was like, Sophie Baker. I was like, if I could get her to join me in this podcast episode, I would literally be honored. Oh, yeah, podcast of Jam. I'm so honored that you even would consider me, so thank you. <laughs> of course. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you, what do you do? You do so much. You're such a busy person. You do DECA <laughs> and band and yeah. Miss Utah, all that kind of jazz. Tell us what, what's up in your life. Yeah. So right now I am in my first year of college at Dixie State University. I will be a first generation college graduate and I plan on graduating with my associates next December and then transferring up north to work on my marketing degree and go to Weber State University or the University of Utah to work on my bachelor's and possibly master's degree. I want to go into marketing analytics or corporate communications. I love kayaking and paddleboarding, and I love hiking to waterfalls. I play the saxophone, and, and I have named him Oliver. Ginger snap cookies are my jam, and I will always choose to drink Coke Zero. I also have the most precious mini golden doodle ever. Her name is Maggie, and she brings so much joy into my life. That's awesome. That is awesome. I honestly don't understand how you do it, like how you do it all. You're such an inspiration and honestly someone that I've always looked up to, you're so kind. Thank you. <laughs> I know that you've kind of been in pageants for quite a while, and I just kind of want to ask you how it all began. What's um, the number one thing that you've been taught from the Miss America organization? When did you start with it, and kind of why did you start? If you'll just kind of tell the listeners that kind yeah. of background. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see here. I began competing in the teen organization of the Miss America program four years ago from this fall. I competed in my first local, then went to state twice, and then competed for my first Miss title, which is Miss Northern Utah, in the summer of 2019. I won that and was supposed to compete at Miss Utah this year, but it got postponed twice due to the global pandemic, you know. Right now, the competition date is sometime in June 2021. I actually gave up my title and crowned one of my friends at a pageant at the end of September. Both of us get to compete at Miss Utah, but she will pick a different title to compete with, but she gets to keep her title that she has now for community service. That way it's not confusing for the judges to have two girls with the same title. And that way it doesn't mess up scoring and everything. Gotcha. 
Man, if you would have known me when I started competing four years ago, you would have never guessed I would even consider competing. I was the shyest kid ever. My mom actually competed at Miss Utah twice back in the 90s, and then her old pageant program asked her to be the MC for their pageant. The MC is the person who like announces the competition at concerts, things like that. She said yes, and I went to watch her and fell in love with it. I told her that I wanted to compete when I was old enough. She didn't take me seriously because again, I was so shy. I went to watch Miss Utah's Outstanding Teen and my now friend Adeline was crowned. This made me even more determined to compete and I signed up for the soonest local pageant that I could. Four years later and here we are. So yes, I do have a tiny bit of pageantry in my blood, but I didn't start because I wanted to follow in her footsteps. I started because it just caught my interest. And then let's see, the number one thing that participating in the Miss America organization has taught me is such a hard question to answer. If you are even possibly considering competing in this organization, do it. You will not regret it, I promise. Overall, I'd have to say that competing in pageantry has taught me the value of hard work and the feeling of preparation is incomparable to any feeling I've ever felt before. Even if you don't win, it feels so amazing to be on stage knowing that you tried your absolute hardest to prepare to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. I've lost more than I've won. Sure, when you're competing, you are with a bunch of other girls and they are your competitors, but at the end of the day, you are competing against yourself. You get less than five minutes on the stage competing in front of an audience, but the preparation before that is so critical to make sure that you shine for those five minutes. Pageant preparation is literally one of the hardest things I've ever done. If you allow it, and I highly recommend it, the people who are helping you will nitpick every little thing about you because they just want you to do well. It gets so exhausting to keep messing up over and over and over and over again when you're trying your hardest and you just want to do well. But I've learned that you have to take the criticism with a grain of salt and only apply what works with your brand and the image you are wanting to create. I've done countless hours of mock interviews, talent run-throughs, walking practice in my heels, posing in front of mirrors, practicing hair and makeup since you do it yourself at competitions, and checking in on my mindset. Creating paperwork and a plan of attack is also very rigorous and time-consuming. In my pageant system, we also do a few fundraisers and charity work. Again, just being on that stage and thinking back to all of the hard work that you put in as they announce your name and title is an indescribable feeling. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I had no idea that you had some pageantry blood. I had no <laughs> idea that your mom had done that, but that doesn't surprise me one bit. She's, she's awesome. You're both are just absolutely wonderful. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm so glad that you mentioned some of like the background of the Miss America organization, because even before I had met you, I didn't understand <laughs> what pageants were. Because like in yeah. my mind, they were, they were beauty pageants, right? And they always had kind of a bad rap. And yeah. I was always kind of just told, oh, you know, beauty pageants, they're like objectified, blah, 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 blah. And I even remember Sophie telling me one time, she was like, Lexi, if you're considered, like, you should, you would be good at this. Like you could do it there's different sections, like you can do interviews, you can do different things like this and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, uh, pageants aren't really my thing. <laughs> I get that all the time. I literally told you that. I was literally like, um, I'm not really like one to just like walk across the stage in a dress. Like that's not me. And you were Girl, just kind of like, me okay. either. if you want to see me at 14, oh my gosh, bless poor little Sophie's heart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is not me. Like, what are you talking about? So I'm so glad that like, you have kind of taught me what pageantry really is. So will you kind of explain the process of going through a, a pageant or going through a competition 
and these different categories that you guys have to compete in. I think that they've come just a really, really long way. And I, yes. I myself have had a, had a tainted view of them. So if you'll just kind of expound on how the Miss Utah organization or how just the Miss organization in general has become more well-rounded. Yeah, of course, I'd love to. Not all pageants are the same. I often get confused or people get confused with Miss America versus Miss USA. They are two completely different pageant systems. Oh, see, I had no idea. Yeah, so Miss USA is more of a modeling contract and my pageant is actually a scholarship-based organization. The Miss America organization is one of the top scholarship providers in the world, which is so awesome. So when you win prizes, it is scholarship money. Even if you don't take home the title, you can still win scholarship money. If you are Miss America, you get a hefty scholarship as well as a six-figure salary. The current Miss America, Camille Shire, she competed in other systems before the Miss America system, and she competed in a local and then won her state and then went on to win Miss America. And just so far in those three pageants, she has won $77,000 in scholarship assistance. Oh, my word. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Good gravy. Yeah, it's so much. So if you are looking to start competing, I'd recommend doing your research to see what is the best fit for you since it is not a one-size-fits-all industry. There are seriously so many pageants. Like my list would be miles long if I even could make a list of all pageants. (laughs) A few years back, Miss America got rid of their swimsuit portion of the competition, which was a hotly debated topic for a while. On one side of it, it allows for more inclusivity to occur. I know many of my friends would not be comfortable on stage in a swimsuit. Keep in mind, though, you can wear a one-piece or a bikini. You don't lose points wearing one over the other. On the other hand, learning how to embrace your body and work hard at bettering yourself while maintaining a healthy mindset is something that not many competitions promote. Personally, I wish they would have kept the swimsuit portion of the competition for what I believe it promotes. But again, we are in 2020 and times times are changing. Again, it is so amazing being on stage, knowing how hard you work to get to where you are. Don't let that scare you away because it seriously is so fun. And I can totally understand why outsiders view pageantry as outdated and objectifying. But when I compete, I have to maintain my personal brand, no current events and social issues inside and out, as well as how I stand on them, work on my speaking skills, be professional and open-minded, create and maintain relationships with sponsors, serve my community, speak at engagements, and deal with the scrutiny of being in the limelight. So in my organization, we compete in private interviews, which is 10 minutes, and that is my favorite part, talent, on-stage question, social impact pitches, and red carpet. During the interview and on-stage questions, no topic is off the table, and I mean none. At my last competition, during my on-stage question, I was asked about Trump's immigration policies, and the one before that, I was asked which Marvel character I identify with most. In your introduction to me, you mentioned that I qualified for the International DECA competition. I firmly believe that what I have learned from my time competing in the Miss America organization has helped me to succeed in that capacity as well. Pageantry has taught me how to market and sell myself. That is all I did in my DECA competitions, and it helped me take state. The skills I have learned have also helped me to nail down job and internship offers. Pageantry teaches young women so many fantastic skills, and I cannot recommend them enough. Awesome. And unfortunately, you never went to you never went to nationals, did you? No, I'm so bummed about that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I'm competing at the collegiate level for DECA here in like January or February. We don't have the exact dates oh, cool, yet. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So hopefully we'll qualify there since I didn't get to go. This and spring. DECA, yeah, DECA is no easy. I mean, it's not just some fluffy little 
club. I mean, it's a, it's the real deal. Yes. The portions that I have done of it, it's the, yeah, it's a real, it's a real thing. Like, yeah, I loved it. Legit. It's so fun. Yeah. You have these crazy long exams you have to take and then you can prepare presentations to present to judges or you can do role plays and like act business scenarios that could happen. They are seriously the funnest things ever. I love DECA. And I never thought that I would use marketing in my life. Like literally never. <laughs> because I was like, okay, I'm taking this class for a CE class. We both had that class together with marketing and you're studying marketing. Are you, is that correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. I'm a marketing major. Cool. 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 So yeah, I like how you said that Miss America, the Miss organization has helped you like market yourself, which is yeah. so cool. Yeah. Totally helped you in your career. And I never thought I would use marketing in my life. And maybe, <laughs> maybe Mrs. Porter will listen to this episode and then she'll be like, oh my gosh, look, <laughs> look at my students now. <laughs> yep. We'll have to send her a link to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, Lexi is sorry <laughs> for all the time she told me that she wouldn't use marketing. <laughs> And now in my college, I'm like, I want the marketing position. <laughs> yep, yep. And, and my job. Instagram account. Please? Oh, seriously, seriously. It's so Hi, funny. Mrs. Porter, can I please use you as a reference? Like, <laughs> 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 oh, it cracks me up. And I, um, I honestly didn't know a lot about the the misorganization and like how they got rid of their swimsuit category. Yeah, I had no idea. But that's very interesting. I'm sure that that was very highly debated because oh yes, can be. I can see how that could be objectifying. Yeah, I could see how that could be empowering in some ways. Like, yes, I think you have to show your body to be empowered, but in some people do. I mean, it's just kind of a two-ish. Yeah. So, yeah, I can totally understand kind of the back and forth. Well, and there's also a debate of if, okay, so for example, in the teen organization of the Miss America program, instead of swimsuit, you do a fitness routine. And I hated that. Oh my gosh. You're on stage wearing a tank top and leggings and they have this whole choreographed routine with a group and then you do like a little solo and you do jumping jacks, push-ups, a burpee, lunges, stretches, like all these weird things. Mm -hmm. And I hated it so much because I am not athletic, like at all. Oh my gosh. Not even in the slightest. And I felt like it, it was to benefit the dancers who could do choreography and who had the routines nailed down when they were, for lack of a better term, more gifted at it yeah. <laughs> than me. And I think that if pageants would focus on just like health and lifestyle and you could come out on stage wearing what you wear to stay healthy, that could be like yoga clothes, hiking, your cheerleader outfit, like whatever you do to stay healthy and to stay in shape because that is different for everyone. Right. Right. Because I and and in some ways, I'm sure that the program itself could still improve in certain aspects. Yeah. And I'm sure it constantly is. Uh, you know, in changing, improving, upgrading, mm -hmm. different things like that. But I'm just actually really amazed at how well-rounded it's become. Um, I know that like for you, you often perform saxophone for like your talent portion. Yeah. And I know that you have to work a ton at that. Yeah. It has been really, really fun to develop a talent. When I was 12 years old, I was transitioning from elementary school to junior high and I was in dance at the time. And again, not a dancer. I know. <laughs> I tried really hard. It just wasn't my thing. And so I was trying to figure out what new hobby to pick up. And it was time to register for classes for seventh grade. And I was like, hmm, band. That sounds kind of fun. My mom's like, no, that's social suicide. Don't do that. And I was like, I'm going to do it anyways. So <laughs> I started off playing the clarinet in seventh grade. And then I auditioned to play saxophone and fell in love. It is the funnest instrument ever. You cannot change my mind. <laughs> I'm not biased, but you know, it's the funnest. I love it so much. I, I think you're, I think you're biased, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs>
I have made so many lifelong friends from being in band and it has earned me scholarships for like from colleges directly and scholarships in the Miss America organization, which has been so fantastic. Okay, now I have to ask, how does the mask wearing and the band oh. going right now? <laughs> <laughs> you are giving me PTSD from the semester. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So I got an email from my professor a couple days before class started and he said, hey, just so you guys know, band will look a little bit different. We'll be in person. We will have the class split in half, which is so hard, you guys. It's so hard not to have a full ensemble when you're trying to rehearse. Oh my heck. So right now I have a mask that is like double layered and it has an overlapping flap in the middle for me to like open up to put my mouthpiece through. And then around my saxophone, it looks like a big pillowcase where you stick your hands through cinched holes to push the keys and then it's cinched at the top for like the mouthpiece to come out of. So it's ridiculous. And like watching me try to play is so funny because I'll like take a rest for a couple measures and I have to like hurry and open up the hole and shove my mouthpiece back through and then shove my hands in. I don't oh know. Oh my goodness. It's it's a blessing to be able to play in person, but also kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I can only imagine. Oh my gosh, kudos yeah, to you yeah. guys. My appreciation. Oh, oh. oh that sounds crazy. That's what we do for music, right? Yep, yep, what you, what you gotta do. So, so because of this kind of competition in the scholarship program that you've been a part of, you've kind of developed this platform, which is Self-Image Finder Filter. And I just kind of want to know, what's it all about? Like, I, I mean, I kind of have an, an idea of it, but I mean, the listeners obviously have no clue. So yeah. what is this platform, Self-Image Finder Filter? And what does that even mean? So a platform or social impact initiative is something that you firmly believe and stand behind. That could be anything from like preventing domestic violence, promoting adoption, like adopt, don't shop. It could be supporting our farmers and our rural communities, like literally anything under the sun. My platform is very near and dear to my heart. I feel so blessed to have been able to share my enthusiasm for self-image, growth mindsets, and being savvy in a tech-filled world. I feel that parents are not equipped to help their children navigate a digital world that didn't exist when they were growing up. And my whole goal with my initiative is to inspire authenticity, vulnerability, and how to responsibly use social media. Social media is not going away. And the whole inspiration behind my platform happened when I was in seventh grade. And like I mentioned before, I was seriously the shyest kid ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like so shy. I had the worst social anxiety. And in seventh grade, I was having a really hard time making friends because, you know, you're at a really awkward stage in your life. I got braces. I was trying to fit in, just trying to find my place in the world. Right. And... It was so bad that I literally could not even say hi to people in the halls. Like I would come home crying to my mom and say, mom, I can't say hi to people. I can't make friends. I can't do this. And so she gave me a goal to say hi to one new person in between each class for one day, which to me now and to probably most of you guys sounds like no big deal. But to 12 year old Sophie, that was like the most monstrous task you could ever think of in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and so for like four or five days I came home and I was like, mom, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too hard. And I just cried to her because I just wanted to make friends so bad. And she's like, no, Sophie, I believe in you. You can do it. You can do it. And day after day, I would just keep trying to do it. And I remember for bribery, she said, okay, Sophie, I'll buy you a piece of jewelry if you can do it because I love jewelry. And it was a Friday and I finally did it. I said hi to one new person in between every single class. And I came home and I just felt so accomplished and triumphant. Yes. And I was just so proud of myself. 
<laughs> so, and then I went to the store to pick out my little necklace. And ironically enough, the one that I chose says the word hello on it. That wasn't intentional. <laughs> but yeah. And then another experience that really shaped my perspective on self-image was back in seventh grade. Again, I was just so awkward and uncertain of myself. And I had a little friend group and they were nice girls, you know, and I remember one day my friend and I down the street were bored and we were trying to hang out with our friend group and they weren't getting back to us, weren't responding. You know, we were like, oh, okay, I guess they're all busy tonight. So two of us went off and did our own thing. And then while we were hanging out, we saw them do an Instagram post of all of them hanging out at their friend's house. And I was like, oh, okay. My friends didn't and that, like, oh, I see how it is. Okay. Yeah. 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 And to little, you know, right. that's a big little deal little when you're little. Yes. yes. Such a big deal. And I didn't really know how to conquer those feelings of inadequacy and low confidence and low self-esteem, you know, and it was just really, really rough. And so as I was developing my platform, Self-Image Find Your Filter, I really, really wanted to focus on that. I was very, very picky with my wording for my initiative because it's often the only thing a person will hear about it. I think self-image is different than self-esteem because it is the idea that one has about their abilities and appearance rather than just solely confidence. Mm. I liked the word find because it is a verb and positive self-image is a lifelong process. Filter is where it gets fun because unless you live under a rock, you know exactly what a filter is. It blows my mind of all the things my phone can do to an image or a video. You've got the classic dog ears and tongue, star freckles, flower crown, you know. But our phones also have the capability to whiten our teeth, blur imperfections, and slim waistlines. You can also make your image have sepia tones, be black and white, or only focus on the color pink. And so I thought that if I coined the phrase self-image, find your filter, it would be impactful. And I'll touch on that here in a little bit. So I might seem like your stereotypical pageant girl with my bleach blonde hair who lives in the suburbs, but I am much more than that. I love to teach self-image classes and workshops. I focus them on kids entering into junior high because that is statistically the age when your confidence levels begin to drop the most. And I experienced that personally. I equip them with tools to combat poor feelings that they may have about, about themselves. But I also show them that there is a lot more than what meets the eye. I am a band nerd who loves rom-coms but also wishes that she was a mermaid. I remember thinking that it was uncool when I was their age, but I learned to unlock my talents to reach my full potential. I show them that it is really okay to be different. It sounds cliche, but we all need a reminder every now and then of how good it can be to be unique. And so I thought with the word filter in there, when you're in seventh grade, I, I feel like people start to get on social media a little bit more and they start to interact more with their peers that way. And for me, I just thought all the, the girls that I couldn't say hi to were just so pretty and unapproachable because I just wasn't as pretty as they were, as confident or talented or whatever, you know? And so my goal is to help our younger generation to get past those feelings of inadequacy. I loved that you were talking about how you chose the word self-image. And actually just recently in my social psych class, that reminds me of like, we talked about self-efficacy versus self-esteem mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how self-esteem is kind of almost more correlated to like your self-concept, whereas self-efficacy is almost like you believe that you can do something. You believe that you can yeah. accomplish something rather than just like your appearance or like yeah. kind of almost kind of like yourself, your self concept, your self-esteem. I like that. It's I like, like that your you touched on value. That. Right. Right. And it's proven to be like, to lead to more success and more joy and more like satisfaction. Yeah. More satisfaction 
as, as who you are as a person. So thanks for sharing that. And um, with your platform, you do a lot with like social media. I know you have like an Instagram account. Yes. And so what do you, what are kind of the things that, what, what are some of the things that you post? Well, I am a little bit guilty of not posting much this fall. <laughs> I've kind of been in survival mode <laughs> this last semester. Aren't we all? Trying to navigate, you know, a pandemic, moving out for the first time, college, like all the things. But yep. I just try to keep it so real and authentic on my page. I have two Instagram accounts. I've got my self-image one and then my personal one. And I try to maintain a consistent brand between the two. Um, my, my personal one focuses more on my personal life. But I also share self-image things on there that I like. But really, I just enjoy having the hard conversations about things. I think one of my most popular posts that I did was last summer. I talked about stretch marks. I oh, I was I, literally just saying, please say stretch marks. Please say stretch marks. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I, know, I know that post. <laughs> and that was kind of scary for me to post. I think I posted some like pictures that I felt a little bit self-conscious about because my whole life, I've never felt like the skinniest girl in the room. Back when I danced ballet, you have to wear tights and a leotard. And I always have like a little stomach roll over my tights. And, you know, I never was like the slimmest girl in the room. And I did not think that stretch marks were normal. Like that wasn't even a reality to me. And so I thought that I was the only one who didn't have like the most perfect skin. And that was really hard to come to terms with when I was younger, you know, because people don't talk about stuff like that. They don't talk about imperfections and it's easier you to hide it. stretch marks than it is to hide acne. Cause, and everyone has acne in their teenage. I right. still have acne. Goodness. <laughs> yes, baby. <laughs> Ooh, we're, we're in the same club, <laughs> but for some reason, stretch marks just seemed like such an untouched topic. And the day that I realized that was like, so eye opening that I wasn't the only one who had stretch marks. And yes, you see like the Instagram bloggers, you know, like the bird's papaya. I love her. She's awesome. That's but... how that post is how I found the bird's papaya. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yes. so funny. Someone had her. commented it and I absolutely adore her. She's so cute. I love her. I think she's like the most person shown in my feed. Like she's yes. in the first circle of the stories, you know, like yes. that's yes. her. I love yes. her. Yes. I love her too. And there are a lot of bloggers and influencers out, out there like that. But for me, I was like, I'm not a mom. Like, I haven't given birth. Why would I have stretch marks? Right. You know, because right. I was like 16, 17. <laughs> and so my goal of my social media is just to show that it's okay to have imperfections. It's normal. It's part of growing up. The human experience is so complex. It's okay to not to be lonely and not have friends. It's okay to struggle with school and auditions and, and family life. It's okay to be normal. Like, with my initiative, Find Your Filter, I talk about how you get to choose how you perceive yourself and you get to choose how to perceive others. There are four assumptions about the versions of yourself. One, who you think people think you are. Two, who people actually think you are. Three, who you think you are. And four, who you actually are. And the last one is a combination of who you actually are as a whole. And think about how many of our fears are actually about how others perceive us. That is just such a fascinating concept to me. You don't have any control over how people view you, just like how you can't control how they put filters on their social media feed. But you get, you get to decide how your feed looks. You get to put your own filters on. You choose how to portray yourself. And also, you get to pick how you choose to see others. 
the best advice I've ever been given is from my mom. And she's told me this so many times over the years, but she says, you should never have to beg someone to like you or to be your friend. And I think this rings true on social media as well. Likes and follows don't matter. We need to start learning to connect and form genuine friendships with those that we follow. Isn't the whole point of social media to connect us as human beings? I feel that it has gone in the opposite direction. And during the last couple of weeks, I spent some time on following bot accounts and other accounts from people that I don't really connect with anymore. Could just be kids I don't talk to from junior high or, you know, just stuff that doesn't really resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And as I'm getting older, I'm getting more picky about who I spend my time with. They say that you become a combination of the top five people you spend time with. And I strongly believe that who you consistently see in your feed and interact with online has a similar effect in that equation since so much of our time is spent online these days. Oh, 100%. 100%. And when I heard about how you become the average of those top five people, I was literally trying to think, I was like, okay, hey, who are the top? Yeah. Like, who do I most interact with? I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, my mom. <laughs> Like, yes, my best friend, number one, yes, on social media, <laughs> Tiffany Rowe. So that's good. Like, <laughs> like going yeah. through, yeah, who I who I'm surrounded by, and it really does. It makes such a difference. And I loved how you mentioned, like, you had never going back to the whole stretch mark thing for just yeah. a second. How you had said you were like, I've never given birth, I've never had children, and sometimes yeah. <laughs> I think it's justified, like having. Uh, a body with imperfections is justified because you're a mother or something like that. Yes. And like, it's okay because you've gone through all that. Right. But in reality, that's a part of life. And those are just marks proving that you have gone through this course of life and that you've had experiences where you've learned and grown and stretched and your abilities have grown and you've learned and you've stretched. You know what I mean? And so it's just, it's just absolutely lovely as a concept. It's a beautiful concept that, that that's just a part of life and that's that's just who we are and yeah you know what like that's welcome to reality my friend where things aren't <laughs> perfect things aren't what they see yeah. on what they seem on social media and whatnot um, and it's it's so hard to remember that because I love filters they're so fun to look at I have my my mustache filter you know but then also I think they're really fun to look at where it's like a what are they called like model glam and you put it on and like makes your eyes be like a cat eye and it slims your nose and makes your, your lips bigger and mm-hmm. has your cheekbones be more prominent. And they're really fun, but I think a lot of us just forget that isn't real. <laughs> right. And I try, like, I know in my feed, I use different filters that will like put the little dots on the screen, like the little, yeah, yeah, makes like it look like a retro camera yeah, or like whatever, yeah. or I'll change like the lighting sometimes. But there are times when like, even sometimes I think to myself, okay, that's not always real because life isn't always picture perfect. And so I try to incorporate like just plain, no filtered, no Photoshopped, no, no preset, (laughs) nothing, like just nothing. Like just this morning, I took a picture of me when I first woke up out of bed, my hair was a mess, no makeup, no filter, nothing. Yes. And I posted it like, cause we need some of that. We love to see it. Some reality. And we just, we have to keep reminding ourselves 10 times more than we see those pictures of, you know, fake news. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I am all for one for filters. Like I'm not discriminating against any of you who put a filter on your pictures. I always edit my pictures. I love bright colors. I do. (laughs) Like I'm totally guilty of it, but it's, we just need to distinguish between what's real and what's fake. Just like what you've said. Yes. And like you said, where you're not 
discriminating against those who enjoy filters, I kind of wanted to talk about the beauty industry and makeup yes. and all that type of jazz <laughs> because I know for you, you love makeup. Like I oh, know that you think it's love so it. much fun. And like my sister, I have a sister that absolutely loves makeup. She like gets her little Ipsy bag every month, loves trying <sighs> new things, yes. blah, 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 blah. And I have another sister who is totally anti-makeup and I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> like I'm just kind of like, be right. <laughs> I think it's fun. I'm like, okay, I wake up in the morning and it makes me like more productive. I think once I put something, oh, you know I what I mean? I completely like, agree. Completely. My eyeballs are now open and I'm ready yes. to go. Yep. So, but I mean, I'm not one to like sit there and look up my little makeup tutorials and like figure it all out. I use my finger to apply my eyeshadow and my sister gets really upset with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's so funny. I just kind of wanted to ask you how you find balance with the beauty industry and with makeup in general. Okay. Let me tell you what I have to remind myself. Exterior beauty or makeup without the depth of a kind and good soul is just decoration. It's literally just face paint. (laughs) Makeup is is art. Yeah, it's art. Beauty is spirit. You were born to be real and not to be perfect. Beauty is in the way that you hold yourself. It's how you treat people. It's confidence. It's humility. It's the way you love. It's how you pursue your passions. It's self-acceptance. Beauty is in your soul. Your soul determines your attractiveness, not your face. You need to have the confidence of taking off your makeup and watching yourself go from a 10 to still a 10. (laughs) Your worth does not depend on how you paint your face and decorate your face. And like you mentioned, I love makeup. I love the power of transformation that my brushes and lashes hold. I love my eyelash strips and hair extensions, but my worth is not tied to my appearance. We all have so much more value than the colors on our eyelids and lips. To me, true attractiveness comes from how you treat yourself and others. And it's taken me a long time, but every day I am slowly learning to consistently recognize my inborn value. Success in pageantry does not equate to my beauty. Last time I checked, I wasn't born to be easy on the eyes for someone. I struggle with feelings of inadequacy all the time. We all do. A couple weeks back, he did a post about cellulite. And like I said, I remember that I felt like I was the only one who had stretch marks. And I'm seeing all these beautiful people on Instagram talking about that and just talking about how real it is. And there's that one Instagram account. I think it's called Beauty Redefined. I love their stuff. Love it. I did their program. I did Beauty Redefined's oh eight-week program. Really? And oh. I have their t-shirt, and I talked to I Lexi and them. Lindsay Kite. <laughs> they're, they're seriously so cute. And their I book comes out so in December, much. and I'm pretty sure I already have it pre-ordered. Like, <laughs> <laughs> little Merry Christmas to yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I love how they talk about not objectifying women and not treating women as objects. That's so important. I feel like in the beauty industry, women are, are objectified. And I do not believe in dieting even though I'm a pageant girl. And I know that's like the biggest oxymoron ever, but I have a history of eating disorders in my family and my personality loves control. So I know that if I start dieting, it would spiral out of control. So for me, I just try to be mindful of what I'm putting in my body. I feel as needed to, but also for what my mind needs. Like yesterday, I think all I had to eat was like Chick-fil-A and then I think like a piece of bread and some water before bed because I wasn't hungry. (laughs) Right. There are, I I mean, there are some days like that. Yeah. And then finals week, oh my heck, I was eating like every hour. I needed all the brain food I could get. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I drink just diet the or... cupboard. The cupboard's just always open and yes. the hand is just always from yep. the bowl of popcorn. Constantly. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
how to stay awake. <laughs> I was up super late. So <laughs> I drink Coke Zero not because it's supposed to be more healthy, but because I love the way it tastes, you know? Oh, yeah. I honest to goodness love carbs so much. Like, I love bread, but I also love cucumbers. And it really is just all about balance and doing what is best for you because healthy is so different on everyone. Amen. I could not... I love how you said that. Healthy is different on everyone. There is no optimum size. And like everyone's optimum health is different. And I think that's so important to remember. And like some people need that wake up call of like, hello, people can be healthy and look different. Like I know that sounds obvious, but for whatever reason, society doesn't think it's obvious. And that's something that we've got to, we, we have to point out. So I love how you talked about that balance. There has to be balance there. It, you can't go one way or the other too yes. far with food, with beauty, with self-confidence versus like selfishness. Like, yeah, totally. Totally. There's just always that, that gray area, which is the good area. The, the happy place. medium. Yep, yeah, it is. It's the happy medium where where exactly where you want to be. So thank you for, and thank you for kind of opening up and sharing a little bit more about like your past and being vulnerable with us about your story and all that. Um, I know that a lot of people can relate. (laughs) And that's what I'm finding more and more. The more I share, the more people say, oh my gosh, I relate. My daughter's going through that. And it seriously makes me so happy to know that I'm not alone, that you're not alone, that none of us are alone. And it makes it so worth it. Like it makes all of this worth it. Oh yes. Oh Yes. So I wanted to ask how individuals can use social media for good, because I know like both you and I have social media accounts and we're trying to lessen the toxicity of perfection yeah. or like that stress of impression management of looking good on Instagram or Pinterest or yes. Facebook. How do you recommend that individuals can kind of do that? Okay. Three words. Just do it. Nike, Nike swoosh it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to start and it is so scary, but you just have to do it. <laughs> a couple of weeks back, I was talking to my boyfriend and he was mentioning how some days I'll like Snapchat him and I, it's like a terrible angle. My face is breaking out. You know, I'm pulling the dumb face, just like being goofy. Mm-hmm. I think one of his lady friends saw it and was like, what the heck? Like Sophie sends you snapchats like that and I was like yes that's the real me like you guys right now I'm sitting on my couch my sweatpants I didn't put on pants today and that's fine <laughs> that's, that's the real life podcast. seriously <laughs> seriously you just got to keep in mind that when people are posting their super glamorous photos they're likely sitting in their couch in their sweatpants with a bowl of mac and cheese myself included like it's a lot more common than we think it is <laughs> So you just got to start posting stuff that makes you feel alive. Post things that ignite your soul and spark your fire because it really does pay off and it really does help you genuinely connect. That is another goal of mine in 2021 is just to connect with people on social media, not just follow and just like, but leave meaningful comments and really get to know them in their story because that's the whole point. Social media is made to connect. Right. And I have to tell you, I think you were the one that answered one of my story like stickers one time and asked why I started my Instagram. And I don't even know if you know this, but you are the one that told me during PLT, like, which is homeroom (laughs) that you were like, Lexi, just go start an Instagram. Like (laughs) I was talking, (laughs) I was talking about how I do motivational speaking and stuff like this. And you were like, well, do you have an Instagram? And I was like, well, 
no. And you're like, why not? Like, what do you have to lose? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, okay. It's free marketing, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll try it. And so <laughs> I'm like thinking of a name and I'm looking at, okay, self-image, find your filter. Like your Instagram has a dot in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's why my Instagram has a dot in the middle. Oh. You're welcome. <laughs> like, it was just too long. <laughs> I had to separate the words out somehow, right? <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, so you were the one that totally encouraged me to use social media for good. And I had to add that when I went in for, I had an interview with a scholarship program called the Daniels Fund. And I went in for an interview, super competitive scholarship offer. And they asked me about social media. And I don't exactly remember what the word is, but it was kind of like, how do we manage social media? And I told them, I think they kind of wanted me to be like, uh, it's bad. It's not good. It's toxic. We need to limit our use. We need to quit giving kids you know, access to social media and on and on and on. And I literally sat there and I looked each of them in the eyes and I was like, I love it. I was like, I love social media. It helps me feel connected. I've met so many great individuals across the country, throughout the world. Like, and it's just absolutely amazing. I have grown so much. I've learned so much from other people and I, I cannot thank my Instagram account enough for teaching me what it has. And I just feel like it's everything that I can do when I log off that has benefited me. Like, sure, it's fun to connect and it's fun to see and it's fun to swipe. But Mm -hmm. once I log off, that's what really matters. And so like, how have I been benefited? And I think they were just really stunned. They were like, okay, hold up. This girl wants to use this for good. Like, (laughs) how is this even like, Like, and I'm sure they've heard that. Yeah, I'm sure they've heard that before, but I think just the way I kind of was like, I absolutely love it. And I told them, I was like, it can be used for negative and some things are toxic and some things are perfectionistic and some things can lead to depression. Yes. Um, like we hear of Pinterest perfection or Facebook depression and those kind of things. And that is totally true. And we just have oh, to yes. be careful about it. But yeah. I think it can be used for so much good. And yeah. that's why honestly, both of us are here. Seriously, it really is. I feel like I found my true calling about teaching kids how to properly use social media because it's not going away. If anything, this right. year we've learned that we need technology even more. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's just so important to know how to navigate it and to know when to get off when you feel yourself creeping into a depressive state. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of the pandemic and using technology even more, can we please thank Zoom for normalizing oh people's lives? Like, I just, I love <laughs> yes. it when I'm on a Zoom call and people are like blowing their nose. There's yes. Like kids, my professor has his kids in the back being yelled at by his wife. Like, I just love it because I sit there and I'm always like, this is real yes yes (laughs) it's just like you know what this is great yes it's eating breakfast like i'm like "Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) also i love it since reality yes my drive home from dixie is like four and a half hours and so i can leave on a friday and zoom my classes and still get credit for being there yeah thank the heavens for zoom university (laughs) (laughs) yes yes Okay, and then while we're still on the topic of Instagram, social media, I have to talk about women supporting women because I feel like you're just Favorite so... Favorite topic. Mm, yes. Yes. I feel like <laughs> you are like the person that just exemplifies female empowerment. And I know that like the Instagram movement went around with like the black and white pictures of women supporting women and I saw yours and I mean, through everything that you do with like entrepreneurship, marketing, yeah, that type of thing, you're just so empowered about 
supporting women. And in one of your posts, I totally stalked your post, (laughs) read it, and I'm going to quote you. You said, (laughs) oh boy, (laughs) (laughs) I will never pass up an honor, an opportunity to celebrate womanhood because a woman who knows what she brings to the table is not afraid to eat alone. And I literally was stunned when I heard that. I was like, oh my gosh, can I please give a standing ovation? Like, So will you just expound on that for me? Like women supporting women, what does that mean? What is female empowerment? What can we do? What's the future of this? Yeah. Okay. First and foremost, I am a feminist. Everyone knows that all my professors and all that, all my classmates, all my friends, like, yes, I'm a feminist, but I also think it's important to not bash on our men. They are trying to unlearn toxic behaviors as well. I believe that true feminism is not a men-hating movement. I believe in a, in a strong softness that is unique to our generation. We as women don't have to bash on men. We can work together and create great partnerships. <laughs> Anyways, just to get that out there. <laughs> I am so grateful to be a part of the sisterhood that the Miss America organization provides. I have gained some of the best lifelong friends a girl could ever ask for, and I cannot imagine life without them. Ironically enough, I've only met them like once or twice in real life, but our friendships are still so strong because of social media. I I want to set examples for women and girls around me. As a woman who wants to go into business, the cards are stacked against me, but I want to shatter glass ceilings and show that women can be in positions of power. I want to be in a corporate position in a massive global company. That is my goal in the next 20 years. (laughs) And I'm sure you will get there. I'm hoping. I'm crossing my fingers. You will get there. (laughs) And you'll probably be Miss America at the same time. Oh, gosh, that would be so fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's who Sophie Baker is. (laughs) I just, it blows my mind how far we as women have come. And we are further along now than ever before in history. And we still have a long ways to go. I am so thankful that I have even more opportunities than my predecessors. And it gives me chills to think what will happen in the coming decades as opportunities for my future daughters. And I know you might not agree with who won the election this year, but the fact that we have a female as the vice president is kind of amazing. And I feel like all the time I hear more and more about women moving into positions of power and making changes in their communities and starting their own nonprofits and starting their own companies and just really making a name for themselves and changing the world. And I think Mm -hmm. it is so magnificent that women are learned to take back their power and to really discover their inborn value and take advantage of what opportunities they, that they've been given. I absolutely agree. I I loved how, and I am not going to quote her directly, but Kamala Harris said, or how is it even pronounced? Kamala? Yeah, I don't know, girl. I, I don't, don't know. know. I always say it wrong, and people are like, it's not pronounced like that. And I was like, oh, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> Vice President-elect said <laughs> that uh, she was like, even though I'm the first woman in this office, I won't be the last. And yes. I was like, Ooh. yes, let's my get rid of the word first. My dream of becoming when in second grade, I wanted to become the president. Lexi, what the heck? We're the same person. That was me <laughs> in second grade. What the heck? In second grade, I distinctly <laughs> remember. I don't know like if that's yes. part of the curriculum, like teaching about like pres- the president or like the system. I don't, know. I don't the government system. I have no idea. But I was like, I'm gonna be the first female president. Yes. When Hillary Clinton ran, I was like very envious. I was like, Girl, if she makes we it, are I'm the gonna same be very person. upset. Oh I was my like, goodness. <laughs> I, <was like, laughs> I kind of don't want her to win just because I yeah. wanted to be the first. Like, yeah. like fair opportunity, <laughs> but like, no, I want it to be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. 
Oh, I'm not, I don't love politics. I just, but I thought it was hilarious. Like, can you see me as the president? That would be the worst uh, thing ever. That'd be ever. so awesome. But- no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Sophie, for being here. And before I let you go, I have to ask, how can we, how can me and my listeners help support you in Miss Utah? Really just keep an eye on my social media. I always post about things that I need help with. It could be shoe donations or fundraising for the Children's Miracle Network. I'm always looking for more sponsors, and I always give great shout-outs and promotions to those that sponsor me or the organization. I have worked with multiple brands, and I am going into marketing, so I do have a little bit of a leg up in the game. And honestly, word of mouth really just helps me out so much. I have been taking a break from posting this fall, but I want to get back into it in 2021. I'm thinking of maybe starting a podcast, blog, or YouTube channel. Yes! We'll have to see. I don't know. Yes! (laughs) It's a little bit intimidating. (laughs) Um, Honey, if I can do a podcast, you can do a podcast, okay? (laughs) If my roommates would be quiet, then maybe. Yes, I could, but... (laughs) Yeah, anyways, I love interacting with my followers, so feel free to shoot me a message whenever. I will get back to you as soon as I can. I really just love connecting on social media. That's the whole point of why I'm on there. Perfect. Well, listeners, make sure to find Sophie on Instagram at selfimage.findyourfilter or Sophie Baker. That's S-O-P-H-I-E-B-A-K underscore R. Be sure to follow her through her journey of preparing for the Miss Utah competition. And thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that Sophie and I have brought you each some hope and empowerment. Sophie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. We both encourage you to find your filter and discover what empowers you. If you know someone that would benefit from this episode, please send them this podcast. And be sure to follow Sophie at selfimage.findyourfilter on Instagram and, of course, at everyounce.ofstrength. Until next time, may you fight with every. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please remember that this podcast, my Instagram account, or any other content on my website should not be used as a replacement for therapy or professional treatment. Eating disorders and mental health conditions are serious psychological and physiological illnesses that should be treated appropriately by licensed professionals. This space is simply for the purpose of community support, offering suggestions, giving hope, and encouraging recovery. Until next time, may you fight with every ounce of strength.